0: Congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ. In our scripture reading from Romans 6, the one we just read, the verses 3 and 4, we read a very strong statement about baptism. It says, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus are baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father... We too may walk in newness of life. And the very strong statement is actually the very first phrase. We are baptized into Christ Jesus. Think about it. We are baptized into Christ Jesus. The Apostle Paul had good reason for such a strong statement. You see, there were some people in the church of Rome in the Apostle Paul's time, who had heard the gospel of forgiveness of sins out of free grace. And they had also learned that their good works were of no value for the forgiveness of those sins, for their justification, to, to use a more theological term. And so they had come to the conclusion that they did not have to worry much about sin in their lives. They actually figured the more sin, the more grace and since they were saved by grace, the more grace, the better. And it's just as in our time there is an increasing amount of people, Christians, they claim, that they have accepted Jesus as their savior, but not as their Lord yet. And so t- too they claim to be saved by grace, but they desire to continue the license before. And so in order to do that, you must just assume that so grace increases. This is of course terribly wrong. It's a ter- terrible heresy which the apostle in Romans 6 summarizes in verse one, where he says, "What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning that grace may increase?" Upon which he shouts it as it were, "By no means." We die to sin. How can we live in it any longer? And then he explains to his readers what he meant by dying to sin. He points to their baptism. And of course, brothers and sisters, is the apostle exactly right? Because what is baptism? Well, baptism is not just a church ritual by which a person is incorporated into the church community. It's much more. Then, after growing up a believer answered his or her baptism by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ then all the awesome promises given by the baptism are theirs. And in case of the Roman believers it's more likely that they had come to faith through the preaching of the gospel and upon that they were baptized. Just as the Lord said in Mark 16 verse 16 whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Now in any way In both cases, the children, as well as the later believers, were both both baptized into Christ Jesus. It's awesome. And then the Apostle Paul goes on and he says, well, if if you're baptized into Christ Jesus, then you're also baptized in Christ's death. What does he mean with that? It means that baptism is the visible sign, the picture of the truth that believers are really partakers in Christ's death. They died with him. And that pic- picture becomes clearer to, uh, to us if we remember how people were baptized in that time. We read that when the Lord Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, that he came up from the water. So in order to Come up from the water he had to go down under water first, so people went down into the water under the under the the, the surface, and that signified that picture the dead and the burial of the Lord Jesus Christ, and then they would come up out of the water, which signifies the resurrection unto a new life and so baptism pictures to the believer that he or she died with Christ in regard to sin and rose with him into a new life also in regard to sin but then living in the forgiveness of it that is when the Apostle Paul means what the Apostle Paul means when he speaks about baptism into Christ Jesus and this is what some of those Roman believers must have forgotten you see a believer a Christian may never think that he or she may go on sinning so that grace may increase. And that means, closely related to this, that baptized young people in church should never think, Well, I am baptized and therefore I am saved, so that they can freely enjoy the things the world has to offer. They may never think, Well, I am not doing profession of faith yet because. I am not ready to get serious about the faith. That is the same thing as thinking and living that we go on sinning so that grace may increase. In no way, the Apostle Paul says, you're baptized into Christ, you die to sin. How can you live in it any longer? It's true, of course, believers continue to sin. That's true. But that's exactly what they wrestle with in their life before the Lord. That's about the evil they do not want to do and still do anyway. But there is a change. And that change is that they die to sin. They now hate it. They still do it, but they hate it. Baptism is a sign of the Lord's death and resurrection. And we, the baptized believers, and their believing baptized children, are taking part of Christ's death and resurrection. And the sacrament of baptism portrays this to the believer in a profoundly powerful way. So, let's listen to what the Lord's Day 26 teaches us from the Bible under the theme. We who belong to Christ have been baptized into Christ Jesus. And then we see that we have been baptized upon Christ's command, first of all. Second, that we are baptized into fellowship with Christ. And thirdly, that we are baptized unto Christ's glory. So first, we are baptized into Christ upon his command. As I said, baptism is not, baptism is not just a ritual made up by the church, but it is a commandment of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And the answer To question 71 of our our Lord's Day, the Catechism quotes this commandment of the Lord, as you can find it in Matthew 28, verse 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Here it is. The Lord Jesus did not ask his disciples. He did not make a suggestion. No, he said, therefore, go, baptize them. And that is truly a commandment. He gave this commandment to his disciples who at that time were the office bearers of the just beginning New Testament church. And it is therefore a commandment of Christ to his whole New Testament church. And that includes us also today. Now when, when the Lord gave this commandment, baptizing people was not something new. The Lord's disciples had already been baptizing before, just as John the Baptist and his disciples had done. But it is here, in Matthew 28, just before he ascends into heaven, that the Lord Jesus instituted baptism as a sacrament, as a visible sign of what he himself had done for us, and also what it means for us. As a seal and guarantee of the truth of his promises to us, the New Testament to us the New Testament believers, while well, the baptism of John the Baptist was indeed a in baptism unto repentance and forgiveness of sins, and in this sense somewhat similar in meaning as the baptism that the Lord instituted. It is also true there are some some real distinct differences John the Baptist baptism pointed. To forward to the saving work of the Lord as a promise that the Messiah would certainly come and save his people from their sin while the Lord's baptism reminds us and teaches us of his accomplished work. Another difference between the baptism of John the Baptist and the Lord's baptism is that the people who wanted to be baptized for the forgiveness of sins by John They, Jew as well as Gentile, needed to go to John there on the Jordan where he was baptizing. When the Lord, however, instituted baptism as a sacrament for his New Testament church, he sent his apostles all over the world, to all the nations of the world. The Lord, in his grace, did not want his chosen people to travel all over the world to find forgiveness for their sins to find salvation, but he sends his servants to seek and to find those and to baptize those who must be saved. John the Baptist Baptist baptized with water to prepare the way of the Lord and he had been a very good servant. For when the people asked him if he was the Christ, he denied it, and he said, I baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worth to carry. He will baptize you with fire and with the Holy Spirit. Now, speaking about being baptized by the Holy Spirit and by fire, it is so important, brothers and sisters, that we Pay attention to when the Lord Jesus instituted baptism. In our days, especially in the more Pentecostal churches, people speak about the second baptism. And by this they mean the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And upon that baptism with the Holy Spirit, a person supposed to receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit, such as speaking in tongues, in prophesying. And that is according to them the fulfillment of this prophecy of John the Baptist. But the Lord Jesus instituted baptism just before he ascended into heaven, and just after he had said, all power and authority is being given to me in heaven and on earth. And while he was still with them here on earth, but he also told them that they should not go into the world and to preach and to baptize right away but they should wait until they would be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You can read this in Acts 1, verse 4 and 5. And it is in this way that the prophecy of John the Baptist is fulfilled. It's not fulfilled now when people start speaking in tongues. Only after the all-powerful Lord shall down on the right hand of God the Father Almighty... Did he baptize his church with the Holy Spirit and with the fire of the gospel? Then his church is fully equipped and ready to obey that commandment, to preach the gospel to all nations and to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So if we, by faith, are a member of Christ's church, then we have part of that baptism with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit who continues to renew us after our, the image of our Savior, that's a sign of having received the Holy Spirit. Signs of the Holy Spirit are not so much things such as speaking in tongues and prophesying, but it is that sign of a changed life, a life that the strife for holiness that's a sign that you have been baptized by the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter how many tongues you can speak. Now, the Lord Jesus, by the institution of the sacrament of baptism, chose water to be a sign of his blood. No longer needs the blood of circumcision point to the blood of the Lamb of God who would come to wash away the sins of his people. The blood of that lamb was shed, and no more blood was required. Water may now point to the sin-cleansing power of that sacred blood. Question 69 says it this way, As surely as the water washes away the dirt from my body, so certainly is blood and spirit wash away the impurity of my soul that is all my sins. You see, the Lord Jesus commanded his gospel to come to us through the preaching of it. And he also commanded the use of the sacrament of baptism as a picture, as a visible sign because the Lord does not want anyone to miss the importance, the truth and the saving power, the beauty and the glory of the salvation that he has accomplished for his people. He wants it all to be visible in baptism. So that we may not only hear it, but see it, and our faith in all those promises be strengthened. We, because of our sin, would have to return to dust forever, but Christ came and he changed everything. His blood washed our sins away and he gave water to be a sign of it that and water cleanses from dust. No longer is our life a journey from dust to dust, but it is a journey from dust to glory. Being baptized into Christ Jesus also means that we are baptized into his fellowship, as we see now in our second point. so our baptism is also a sign and a seal of our fellowship. You may also say our union with the Lord Jesus. We are one with Jesus. That is what it means to be baptized in Christ Jesus. That we are one with him. Or as the Catechism says it in question 69. That the one sacrifice of Christ on the cross benefits us. An older version of the Catechism said this that you have that the one sacrifice of Christ on the cross by that you have part in the one that you have part in it that you have part in the one sacrifice of Christ on the cross. So what does that mean to us? It means that we are united with the Lord in his death. It means that when Christ suffered we suffered. When Christ died we died. When Christ is buried we were buried. Baptism points to the very intimate boundaries between the Lord and us, the believers. It means that you, brothers and sisters, are so united by, with him by baptism that you, as it were, to part in his suffering and death. It means that our sin became his suffering, but at the same time, his suffering became our full payment for our sins. It means that our cursedness became his death on the cross and his cross, our eternal salvation and glory. It's intertwined. It is so one. That's what baptism pictures and guarantees. This is what it means to be buried with baptism into, that, into the death of Christ, to have part on the one sacrifice of Christ on the cross. This is what it means to be baptized into fellowship, into union with him. Baptism points to the absolute unity between Christ and his people. Not only are we by baptism buried with Christ in his death, but we are also raised with him unto a new life. And here and now, that life begins already with our struggle against sins, with our desire to live for Him, that it will bloom out after this life so beautifully that we will be exactly like Him, free of sin, free of the consequences of sin. And what a great gospel, brothers and sisters, and what a great and a comforting and faith-strengthening sign is that sacrament of baptism. And also what terrible shall it be for those who ignore that sign upon the forehead and and neglect such a great savior. You see for them sooner or later, but always sooner than they expect, there will be a time that they themselves will have to go through the death, the horror and the suffering, which is the reward of sin, but then without Christ and forever. So... Going on, not only baptism is a sign, but it's also a seal. A seal is an assurance of genuineness. With the sacrament of baptism, the Lord assures us that what we see pictured in baptism is really true for us. In baptism, we hear, as it were, the Lord saying... As surely as I live, I have washed you clean from all your sin and I have raised you into a new life. Th- th- just think about that. The next time a little child is baptized here, And really participate, all of you. And just, and just think about that. That with that baptism of the little child, Christ witnesses to you. Surely as you live, My blood has washed you clean. From all your sins. And you have been raised. To a new life. And so in faith. We may profess. In answer to what our Lord Jesus. Witnesses to us in baptism. We may say I am washed. And I am cleansed from all unrighteousness. I am raised to a new life with him, and then what, what shall we render to the Lord for all his benefits to us? Shall we not take up that cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord? Baptism, it shows and assures us that we are raised up to a new life, and as such, new life, we'll look closer at in our third point, that it is alive unto Christ's glory. Baptism is the sign and the seal that we are raised that we are raised unto Christ's glory. In Baptism we see the Lord declare you are raised into a new life in which sin had lost its deadly grip on you. You are raised into a new life in which the world with all its attractions lose more and more attra- the attraction to you. And in which at the same time my I and my kingdom becomes your hope, your home, and your glory. That's that new life unto which you are raised. Really. Now we can stunt that new life and I think we do that a lot. The moment that we turn away that we lose that picture that baptism shows us and we start looking at the world and whatever it has to offer us and we start going into that and we Then we really stunt the growth of that new life. But you have been raised to it. So cherish it. Cherish it. Ask the Lord every day to make it more and more clear and true for you. He says if the Lord says in baptism, I remind and I guarantee you that you are raised into a new life, in which Satan has nothing on you, because you will grow more and more into my image. And so growing into my image, I will not be ashamed of you before my father and the holy angels. I will not be ashamed to be called to call you my brethren, and my father will not be ashamed to be called your God. See, brothers and sisters. Naming you, his people before his father and the holy angels, is awesome glory for our Lord and Savior. It is in our believing hearts and our striving for a holy life that Christ finds his glory. It is unto his glory that he might bring his people in holy triumph before his father, He made fallen, cursed sinners into His image image, so that God the Father is not ashamed to be called their God. And and together the Father and the Son will rejoice forever over all lost sinners who through Him have returned to the house of the Father. Brothers and sisters, young people, this, this baptism, this sign and seal that has been administered upon your forehead, Have such meaning to you. In other words. Do you embrace your baptism. With a believing heart. Young people. Children. You're baptized. And with that baptism. You have received. Really awesome promises. But do you believe them. And if you. And if you can't think of what those promises really are. Ask your mom and dad. They have promised when you are baptized to explain it to you. So ask them. Received awesome promises. but You need to believe those promises. You see, without faith, without believing those promises, without the faith that is visible in the way you live, without believing what the Lord in baptism pictures to you, your baptism will not help you. That's so clear from the from the answer to question seventy one. It quotes the Lord Jesus when He said, "And he that believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned." Brothers and sisters, young people, please do not assume that you're fine, that you're okay, because you have been, only because you have been baptized. Do you know, it is not only for the young people and the children, do you know what baptism signifies for a person who does not truly believe what it pictures? Who does not truly believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? You know what baptism signifies to them? It signifies that such one because of his or her sins is indeed buried into death, but that they have not been raised to a new life. Such baptism proclaims that unless one repents, he or she will remain buried in death eternally in hell. And how terrible will it be in hell with the sign of and the seal of baptism upon your forehead, witnessing to you every day again that you could have been saved. You had the promises. You only had to believe them. See, hell will be more dreadful for those who have the sign and the seal of God's promise of grace upon the forehead. Because that sign and that seal will be as a burning conscience that forever will witness against them and accuse them. That sign will then preach to them what the Lord Jesus preached to to, to Jerusalem. How often I wanted to gather you as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But you were not willing. You had the promises, but you were not willing. And see, now you are left desolate. Brothers and sisters in the Lord, you have been baptized into Christ Jesus. And it reminds and assures you that, yes, you have been buried with Christ into his death, but then also raised with him unto a new life, unto his glory. And so your baptism is a sign and a seal of your complete salvation, a reminder and an assurance of your successful journey From dust to glory. Amen.